0: Welcome to the Three Thirds Mac, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 28 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr Ross Smith and Mr Simon Mann. How are we both? Very well. i had a better week than Frank Lampard. Yeah. A better week than Jürgen Klopp as well. I mean, there's quite a few. <laughs> yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quite a few Premier League managers you can off there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I'm, uh, I'm self-isolating, so... Uh, not because not I'm positive, because I've been in contact because you. Out,
2: just just because you've fallen out with your family, haven't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I took it to the extremes. I've moved in <laughs> <edge. laughs> Now I've got it forwarded <laughs> out. <laughs> that'll,
0: that'll, it'll, just, it'll just be a thing. It'll just be a common, like, for the next 10 years, oh, I'm going to go and self-isolate. I need to, yeah. I need to <laughs> I'll drop that screwdriver around, Ross. You can get a light up there if you want. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I've got the light. I just hope the bulb do not go. I can't reach it. That's the problem.
0: Wait till normal yeah. life
1: start,
0: Normal life will start up again for six months and you'll start having these self-isolating hotels that will just pop up, <laughs> month, sit in a room for two weeks on your own and do nothing.
1: Yeah, I dropped, uh, I dropped Luke off at nursery and then as I was set off to drive to work, I got a phone call from the head teacher saying, it has been a positive case, go home. I was like, okay. So I turned around and went home. Then, so yeah. so what day was that? So I got the phone call on Thursday. But then I wasn't, the person I was in with who's tested positive, I was with on Monday and only Monday. Now, I'm not allowed back in school till the 1st of, 1st of February, which is, an, that's back to two weeks, which is only supposed to be 10, 10 days, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I thought it was only 10 days.
1: Yeah, that's it. So, so, so I had a similar, oh, go on. So technically, I should have been back one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten on Thursday. But I've been told to come back on the Monday. I suppose I would only be back on for one day, and then it's not
2: like I'm missing—I'm yeah. only missing one day work, so it's not the biggest deal. But yeah, yeah. So I had a thing where someone I'd worked with tested positive, but so at, at work they have—they are confident in their social distancing. Uh, in a way that you can't really do in schools but it, it, you know, when there's only adults there you can tell people that we're not allowed to sit at the same desk <laughs> so, but like some of the people their apps had uh, gone off so it was like oh they've been told because their apps have flashed up that they should uh, self-isolate for 10 days but I got this information like literally a week uh, after I'd worked that shift with the person so we were seven days in so they're like, oh well, you know, we don't want you to come into come on to BBC premises. Like, it's up to you what you do, but uh, you you're not, you shouldn't come into BBC premises until ten days after. And I thought, oh well, the morally right thing to do felt like to to self isolate for the, but it was only for three days left at that stage. So had you, you been, know, like,
1: had you not been anywhere for
2: a week then? No, no, no. I've I've been in I've been in work for so this is so I've worked with this person on the Saturday. <laughs> I'd then, I'd then been in sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then on the saturday i get a phone call saying oh this person had tested positive and somebody else who had worked that shift with you their rapid flashed up saying to self-isolate so we think it hey, we uh, think the right right thing to do would be for you to also self-isolate but you're like well so there's only three days left then
1: who actually phoned you up? Was it Dido Hard in or
2: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, no, just someone from work, but yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that yeah. That's that's not that's not a bad way to go about the self isolating, though. Get a week of freedom and then do the last three
2: Exactly, day. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three days in lockdown, you can't really go out anyway, can you? So like
1: you know what has annoyed me the most about this self isolating Like, I can't just nip to the shop. So, like, I run out of beer and I can't just go on, oh, just nip into the shop. Like, I have to ask Claire and then I have to be nice to Claire for a period of time so she'll actually do what I want her to do instead of just, I could be myself <laughs> and not rely on anyone to do anything. It's a bit, it's very irritating. And just little things like on Sunday. So, I made roast dinner on Sunday and, uh, Normally oh, so is this why, Is
2: this why you made the roast dinner? Because no, no, is it a bribe, a bribe get Claire to nip to Tesco for you.
1: <laughs> no, I normally do the roast dinner, but I um, when I came round to it, I normally make the roast potatoes. I do it in beef dripping, yeah, a bit tasty. But we didn't. We ran out of beef dripping, so I didn't have any of that. So I said, to "Claire, I've ran out of beef dripping. I don't need it. I could just do it in oil, or we, you could nip to the shop and get some." Now, if it was me, I'd want the extra taste, so I'd nip to the shop. But Claire went, Oh no, just do it in oil. Ugh, right. It's just little things that's just niggly, it just gets to me.
2: Gordon Ramsay doesn't have to have to put up with that, does he?
1: Yeah, no, I imagine he tells one of his chef de parties or whatever they're called to go and they go. He's
0: he's got beef dripping on tap, he's got one of them cooking things you <laughs> turn the thing over, he just, just got beef dripping coming
2: out of it. Oh, I, thought, I, I thought he meant like he's just got a third tap put into his house. But yeah. but he's got <laughs> hot, cold, beef dripping. <laughs> he just has regular deliveries of cows
1: just to <laughs> melt. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. why top chefs have got them big kitchens.
1: <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So, yeah, so it's not that bad. But, yeah. yeah I mean, Claire of... was very excited when I first came home and knew was at home. But then, when I when I've been home for a few days, and then started going, why are you just sat there doing nothing? Why is this not happening? Why is that not happening? She's kind of like, well, I can't wait for you to get back to school now. <laughs> so yeah, how's everyone else? How's how's your week been, Cheddar?
0: A lot of TV. Um, we've been we've watched. Uh, we've. Finished a show called Hinterland. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know about that. It's like a cop um, drama thing set in um, Aberystwyth. I think it's set in Aberystwyth. we so set setting somewhere in Wales, anyway. It's quite. It was all right. It wasn't brilliant. We've been looking for like a new cop type drama thing similar to to Vera, and we're on to that. That, Mar- that Marcella we're on to now. I think there's a new series that coming out soon. That's we nearly finished the first season of that last night, so we, we're just about to finish that. But that's that's all right. It's not. Amazing and brilliant, but something to watch.
1: We watched The Fall the other week. That was quite good.
0: I think we've. I think we'd seen that before. I don't know. I'd watched the first couple of episodes and and then did, I didn't really like it.
1: Uh, and then what else do we watch? We watched Night Stalker on Netflix. Anyone seen that?
2: We've just been watching Married at First Sight Australia, so there's no real time for anything else.
1: Well, I'm surprised Claire's watched Married at First not this new series, but an old series, and what was obsessed about it, oh. it. She'd be watching it all the time whenever it was on and repeats. Like she yeah. watch everything. So I, I don't, I don't know. She's just not noticed, or she, I don't know what's happened. But she's oh, not it, watched
2: it. It snuck up on. Well, she's missing out. Tell her it's a, it's a thriller.
1: Well, Grey's Anatomy that. That she used to watch obsessively the she's watched it all now on amazon prime, so she's got a- she's Blair. watched it all well, there's f- Yeah, there's these fifteen seasons on amazon yeah. prime
2: yeah, so you you're talking over 20, se- twenty episodes of series as well
1: yeah well i I mean now we've been home self isolating I know she's not been looking after the kids like she's got <laughs> <to. laughs> so yeah, so she probably needs something to watch so i might I might tell her about this.
2: Oh yes, yeah, it's a great series so far, but uh, but yeah, she, God, I cannot believe anyone's ever got to the end of Grey's Anatomy.
1: Well, that's not the end, is it? Because I think there's five seasons that are on Amazon Prime yet.
2: Wow, it ran, well. ran
1: for
0: it ran for twenty seasons. That show
1: it's still going. It's not stopped.
0: Oh, it's still
2: going. Oh wow, yeah,
1: they're still making new ones.
2: I mean, there must be no one that hasn't slept with anyone by that stage
1: i tell you what I said to Claire, I said what I have noticed, that there's a lot of uh, lesbian relationships on Grey's Anatomy, but there's no homosexual male relationships on Grey's Anatomy, which surprised no, there you me. go. Equality and all that, I thought, hmm, missing out here. And then Claire, Claire texted me one night and said, oh, no, you're wrong, two men have just kissed, it could be the start of a relationship, and then within the next episode they broke up and no more was said about it.
2: I thought I'm missing,
1: missing a trick on the diversity aspect
2: Amer- of it, American TV's not ready for it. Clearly not, is it? Not no. as progressive as Ross Smith.
1: <laughs> Clearly not. You know, you know what I did the other week? I Did tell you about this? I got, well, I, no, it was one of the many nights I got drunk on my own. But it might have been after recording the podcast, actually, and just carried on drinking. And then uh, I put some music on, on YouTube. And then... Um, I don't know why, but for some reason, uh, "WAP" came up on YouTube. Yeah, by Cardi B.
2: Yeah, yeah. What one of the songs of last year?
1: Yeah. So, I, but I so I'd heard it all the time on TikTok, and obviously knew it was quite explicit, but I'd never actually listened to the song all the way through. Yeah. So I listened to that, and I thought, "Wow, this is this is very explicit." Uh, and then it started thinking, "Could could I trace back through time?" Song like, like songs that are female sexual empowerment within within pop music. So I spend my time going back through songs trying to do that.
2: That sounds it. that sounds like the title of a music student's dissertation, doesn't it?
1: then I googled that question. There was a BBC article on it. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I thought I'm a job. job here. I find uh, it. Yeah. Well, I didn't read the whole article because I, I was drunk by that point. No, I meant
0: did you Did you end up doing what you said you were going to do on YouTube? Did, what was your next song after Cardi oh, B? Well,
1: no, then I listened to because then I thought Ariana Grande's new album is quite uh, Sexually explicit as well, isn't it? So I listened to some Ariana Grande and then, well, the next video that came to mind was uh, Christina Aguilera, "Dirty," So I went back and watched that. But then, I, then that's when it started to get me thinking. And then I Googled the question and then they started at Like a Virgin by Madonna. I thought I, I thought one of my drunk ideas someone's actually took seriously in <laughs> and, and made some money out of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, if me and Cheese G- took all your drunk ideas seriously, this podcast would be what, seven hours long every week?
0: I was going to say, say Ross, Ross, Ross must have been too drunk to see the author was of that BBC
2: That BBC article. <laughs> Yeah, it's so a clear sign the BBC don't have the, the the strong editorial standards that me and Jeezy bring to, <laughs> to, to rein in your your maverick ideas.
1: I mean, I've not found the article again, so it must have been on some ra- right obscure part of the website. But... <laughs> it was definitely yeah uh... And then I, t- I asked the Claire if she'd heard WAP, and she'd never heard it before because she's not really big on like TikTok or anything like that so then, when I went to bed, I spent like five ten minutes just
2: reading the lyrics. <laughs> just, just the two of you pot. say Maca- macaroni <laughs> in the pot.
1: <laughs> I, no, from I, the top, I... let it drop. That's
2: <laughs> ran right this little garage. <laughs> Is it onto Is it... the? Uh, I assume it's on the on the TK match playlist when you. are it yeah, but be. it's that it's not explicit. It's not it's, it's very he's very <laughs>
0: muted. It, it looks like it's juddering a little bit when it when it's it goes.
2: on the look, the radio one edit
0: of it. You you, yeah. you just
1: put the instrumental on. Yeah. yeah. But I thought when
0: when you were when you said that you you'd got you got a bit drunk after the podcast, I mean some of the podcasts have finished at eleven o'clock. I just imagine you at four o'clock in the morning just in, <laughs> Just in, raving. <laughs> just, just, not quite,
1: it's not quite in <laughs> okay. that way, but <laughs> mainly because I've not had an experience to carry on, but
2: it seems a bit much to get on the spirits afterwards. Just, just your neighbours calling the police. I mean, there's a <laughs> rave been going on all night. There be hundreds of them round there. Did, yeah. you, did you see this week that they, they had to break up a, a, a wedding
0: with 150 people at it? Did you not see the one in, London, in in a school in London that had four hundred people? Yeah, you? I mean, how, how does four hundred pe- people get into the school? that anybody know or clearly noticed because the police turned up? But what school organises a wedding for four hundred people? But even in normal
2: times, that's too many people for a wedding. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to have to do a speech to that many people, would you? I mean, I'd... well, oh, I... unless unless
1: it was a reception. <laughs>
2: You don't have to pay for the catering either, do you? As someone that's planning a wedding, my initial response was, that is too many people under any circumstances. Forget about COVID. You're there not, uh,
1: not, not going to get around them all, are you? No.
2: Oh, no, that's yes, I think.
0: Well, you've re- you reminded me, so there, a, a few nights ago, there was a Kyle Pilkington moaning of, of life thing came on, and I think the whole episode was about love, and he went to India. There was 5,000 people at this wedding that he went to.
1: Oh, I've seen that one, yeah. I was like,
0: that's just too many people. Five thousand, and I think there was. I think he said there was only two toilets for five thousand people. Like a festival.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Anything else happened with anyone or
2: lockdown life?
0: innit? <laughs> lockdown life. Oh yeah, because by the sounds of it, it looks like it's going to be Easter before. I mean, I was kind of hoping for early March, but. More like it looking looking more and more like it's gonna be early April now instead. Uh, I think it'll be so long, mate, that you
1: will
2: actually be quite a good teacher by the end of all this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh that means it'll be about like the one year anniversary of we actually started the podcast. Yeah. We've yeah. been <laughs> <laughs> a whole whole year in, in lockdown.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll still we'll
1: We've only done one episode in, in my back garden where we could
2: see each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah, well, We start deciding if um, Marcus Rashford, or Trent Alexander-Arnold, is the best young player. Yeah, no, we've, got to, we've
0: got to argue again in a few months, haven't we? So, I mean, I mean, the good thing is, well, obviously, when we get when we when the restrictions get lifted, we can take the podcast on tour. I mean, we've done obviously your back garden, Ross. There must be plenty of other places that we can uh, hopefully get some sort of signal and do it. I mean, I don't quite know how you two don't cope with your old microphones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's got a stand, but
1: rugged.
2: Anyway, so, do you start... set, do you do you set it up with the stand, Ross? What's what's your setup?
1: I've got everything it came with.
2: Yeah, is is attached to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, you've got. Sure it, I've got to use it. You have got it on a table on the stand. So I'm sort of stood here as if I'm doing karaoke.
1: No, i like, right. just I'm just I'm just
0: holding it. When you sent a picture, when you sent a picture, I saw you. I saw you. you were holding it, and
1: I was like, "I was like, your arm." After a while, so yes. So last week, when I used it for the first time, luckily with the tripod, it it, quite handy because I could watch it. I could do the podcast in the living room, but it's managed to stay on the arm of the sofa, so it's quite handy there. But I've gone back to my usual spot, which is in the dining room. So I've got it on the dining room table, set up with a laptop on, with Tottenham Wickham on in the background. So, yeah. I feel like it could be like talk
2: sports studios, this. Well, we're just as ill-informed, aren't we? That's what we pride ourselves <laughs> on.
1: Exactly. And I'm probably just as drunk as uh, Alan <laughs> <every morning>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what we we talking about, Chisa? Um
0: So, we will start um with uh, the FA Cup. We'll talk about, obviously, the big game on, on Sunday afternoon. We'll, we'll talk about Manchester United's win at uh, at home to liverpool on sunday uh, and then obviously the big news from today is uh, the sacking of, uh, of frank lampard and um, and we'll discuss that and who is likely to probably come in and, and whether it was whether it's the chelsea way now or whether that whether it's whether it's any different um, and then we will of course talk about um, the cricket as england have uh, done something they've never done in 100 years i think or since world war 1 they've won five away test matches in a row so uh, we will uh, we'll finish with that uh, at the end of the podcast uh, and then that will be it for this week. So we'll we'll have a break. We'll come back, uh, and we will talk about um, the football from the weekend. Welcome back to the three thirds, Mike, one third scouts podcast. We will of course start uh, with the FA Cup and the big game at Old Trafford this weekend. So Manchester United run out three two winners um, against Liverpool. You um, two must be very happy with that result.
2: Delighted, yeah. And i tell you what I thought. It was a really good FA Cup match, I thought. you know it was, a, it was a really good game. Loads of goals. Manchester United win. Everything you're looking for in an FA Cup match. <laughs> I thought United played really well. Played some of the young guys. It was I,
1: that. I, I, I agree. Like, I mean, take away. I agree. Like, Take away the United. If we didn't watch them teams. If you were a neutral and watched that game, you you've had a great... FA Cup experience, haven't you? You can, you must be able to agree that, Cheater. Uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a good game. I thought if you think about
0: um, how many nil nil one one draws has been with Liverpool United over the, the last even probably the last six or seven seasons before um, they've been dire games and they've been really cagey. And um, I thought they um, from the start um, it was it was it was a really good open game and um, yeah, it was and- it was it. It was entertaining.
1: I think we only get that game because of the nil nil draw the week before. Um, I, I think if one team wins, then it suddenly becomes a lot more important for the team to get revenge, and that, that then adds a bit of pressure. But I think because of the nil nil the week before, I think, and we especially if you, obviously United went into that game. I know Liverpool have had the trouble, but United went into a bit of the underdogs, they were the young, they were the like pretenders, and Liverpool the champions of England at the minute. So then for United to come away thinking that they maybe should have won that, it gives a bit of confidence to United. And then Liverpool come away thinking, oh well, maybe we could have done something as well. So I think that the, the last week's 0-0 adds to the fact that you get the open entertaining game that we had on, on Sunday. Uh, well, I, I
2: think I disagree. Do you? I don't, I, think, United I, run, I don't think United run the dogs in that game. I, I think it happened just kind of because it was the FA Cup and Deep down, I'm not sure either Klopp or Oli were that bothered. I mean, obviously they wanted to win, but they're not, and also there was going to be a result on the day, wasn't there? It's not like in the league where like you, you know we can just take a draw and move on. You know, someone had to like there would have been a result on the day, whatever happened, because there would have been, it would have eventually gone to penalties. So yeah, a bit more think, of a let's go for the victory.
1: Yeah, but I do not think if you know how to get battered three nil or four 0 at Anfield the week before that then. So there's a lot more pressure on United to do anything and it stifles them a bit.
2: Well, it may, yeah, maybe United would have set up Cager if they'd lost but that's for the what week I mean. Well. Like
1: there was, there was kind of a bit of an element of confidence given that teams could go out there and do something and there was enough, enough players from the ones that played the weekend before to, to have that confidence. That's all I think. I'm not saying like... Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah.
0: I think, I think Liverpool were more adventurous. I think, the, I think the need to score a goal... Um, I think Klopp alluded to it at, at the end when um, I think obviously United when United got back into the game and um, and the ball to Rashford he was in pretty much it was in acres of space and obviously plays the ball back and Milner's um, chase uh, Milner's chasing back or whichever way around it was I can't remember which way Greenwood's second goal or whichever way but um, both goals are pretty much Liverpool were pretty much wide open there wasn't much protection for um, Reese Williams and Fabinho in there so I think and that was more born out of the fact that. Liverpool just needed to score a goal. It needed to be something. Trent played a lot higher up than he probably would have done if it was a league game at Old Trafford. Um, I thought Jones played um, really well. I thought it was a good, it was a good it was a it was a a good FA Cup tie. I thought United countered Liverpool's attacking with um, Shaw and Rashford in the first half, where I thought were that was probably the, the best I've seen Shaw play. Um, I think ever. I think I think I probably one of one of the best games I've seen him play. Obviously,
2: he works well with Rashford down that side. Um, sure, sure having a brilliant season. I, I mean, sure's really kicked on since Teller's arrived and, and has been put under pressure.
1: Yeah, it it's, makes I, you, it makes you uh, just see how badly Mourinho man managed him. It, it, it like it makes me have I know, like I wasn't. I was not saying like. But it makes me appreciate Solskjaer, what the job he's doing more now that you see Shaw, that he was like, obviously he's brought Tellers in, that's pushed him on. But then I still don't think if Mourinho brought Tellers in, Shaw would just be out of the team and Tellers would be in. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I think it's quite good man management from Solskjaer to actually bring in the competition, but then still let Shaw show that he's, he's the player that we thought he would be. I,
2: just think it's really I, man, I, I remember think. in the summer, there was this, you know, we were constantly well. We were linked with the the lad that went to Spurs, whatever, whatever it was Break called, Regulon, on, yeah. And all summer it was like, oh yeah, United have been linked, getting linked with left backs, and you know they need a left back. And the entire time, I, I didn't really get it. I was a bit like, I was quite happy with Shaw, and I was quite happy with Brandon Williams as a backup. But to be fair to Ollie, he was right. Like we did need another left back, just almost because in the almost similar to the way bringing Dean Henderson back has pushed on. David, yeah, De, Gea David De Gea looks it.
1: a completely different player, doesn't it?
2: And actually, bringing, bringing in Telez has, has really pushed on Luke Shaw in terms of, you know, competition for places. And, and the, these guys are now up in their game to, to stay in the well, team.
1: I remember when we were talking about the summer transfer, but I remember saying uh, that I didn't think we need to sign. I, I didn't think the defence was the problem because I thought they played all right last season. I was like, oh, Bamber he had a great season last season. Right back's not really an area of concern. Whereas this season wan hes not quite hit the highs that he had last season, and it makes me think now. Yeah, maybe we should have got a right back in just to add a bit of competition. That it's amazing what competition places does for players' form, isn't it? And if it's if it's handled correctly, so there is actually competition instead of just this is a direct replacement. It's amazing what it can do for form, isn't it? I think I think Solskjaer's done—he's just done a great job of bringing people in at the right times, giving them a little nudge to say. You're gonna to have to work that little bit harder now if you wanna keep your place. And like you say, Kare yeah. and Shaw are too
2: well, what I would say for for Sol Shari is I, you is know, I think he's not the perfect manager, and I think there are sort of flaws. I think I think it's for a for a manager, there's sort of the recruitment, there's the tactics, and there's the kind of getting the best out of the players and coaching players and inspiring players. And Recruitment is one area that you have to be fair play to Solskjaer. He is really good at. You know, Manchester United's recruitment has has noticeably improved from the first transfer window he came in, and we've been sort of signing. We've been signing better players ever since he's been involved.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and you know,
2: not- we've wasted so much money in the last ten years. Sort of ever since Ferguson, spending a lot of money on players who you know Schneiderlin. Memphis Depay, all these guys who have just been useless and just not been good enough, but every like pretty much every signing that Solskjaer has made has been it, has been someone that's really improved United.
1: I totally agree. Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying I'm not saying Solskjaer is suddenly not one of the world's best managers, but I'm saying he's, he's slowly building a reputation with what he's doing at United, and I agree this is a different season to normal, but there are some what you would say better managers that you would consider better managers out there that haven't handled the season as well as Solskjaer has. So he's taking steps in the right direction. And yeah, there are times when I think oh, he should make quicker subs or tactically he's not got things right. And I think maybe at the start of the season there was, there was definitely games where he got things wrong. But I think if you look at the last two or three months or maybe a couple of months, then he's tend to got more things right than he's got wrong. And I always remember Fergie saying that like I always remember saying about Fergie used to always like to load his like get his players prepped so they were almost warming up the first half of the season and then the second half that's when they'd really put the run together and because really, that's when it really count. So they'd almost be in, be in and around but then the second half of the season is when they, they really start to push on and kick on. So I wonder whether Solskjaer's obviously spent so long under Fergie he's kind of doing the same way Do you think Back end of last season we went on a really strong run. I know COVID interrupted that, but then we've had a shaky start this season and we seem to be going on a really strong run. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's taking on a lot of what Fergie did and trying to emulate it more than previous managers have done because he hasn't isn't that big a name as as Mourinho or Van Gaal, who were kind of established and set in the way. So Yeah, we'll see. What did you uh, what did you did you think anything went wrong for Liverpool at the weekend, Cheddar, from a Liverpool fan's point of view? Or do you think it was just... I thought we managed all right. to get that third I'm, goal was
0: going to win it. I thought we played all right. I mean, to be to be fair, I was I was pretty disappointed that we lost. I mean, I know I'd I'd put in I'd messaged the group at, when we got back to two 0 I think when United scored just after half time, I thought that was it. I thought it was curtains. I didn't think that we were going to get back into the game. I didn't. There wasn't a huge amount of um. We created some chances in the first half, but I didn't think that we were. I didn't think that we were potentially clicking particularly well. I didn't think that we were, um, that we were back to our old self. We'd, we'd still started the game with Jones playing uh, on the left and Vine Aldam and Milner and, and, and Thiago in, in midfield, which I don't think that midfield ever played together before. And Fabini was at centre back and Reese Williams obviously couldn't cope with um, the pace from, from Rashford in the first half. Um, and I, I, I just, I, and then I think I think they mentioned it in um, in commentary. And f- and I'd you know, lost the ball after about an hour or something like that, or uh, fifty-five minutes, something like that. And then something just seemed to change with him. He just seemed to get back to carrying people and, and dispossessing. And I actually thought for the probably twenty minutes in in the second half, I thought actually we we played our right. we got back into the game. I, again, I didn't see that coming, and I was like, oh, actually we we we, we can probably kick on, and then. Um, I think I can't remember what time the goal went in. I think it was about seventy-eight minutes, or maybe or something like that. And then we, and then he brought Firmino and I think he brought Firmino and Salah off, which I'm assuming was just um, uh, substitutions that were going to happen anyway. Um, and he never really changes from when he's time because I think I can't remember he came off after sixty minutes. So I was like, it's a bit strange that they brought them off. I can't remember who it was now. Um, but yeah, we I thought we for the team that we put out and for the run that we'd been on. I thought that it obviously helped that Milner was on the, the pitch. I, I think the, the the big stat from the from the last from Liverpool's last six league defeats is that Henderson's only played one of those games, and it was it was the City game away. I think it was that we that we'd been hammered or something like that. But when Henderson doesn't play, that's when we, that's when we're likely to lose. We looked completely lost against Burnley without having either Milner, Van Dijk, or Henderson on the pitch. So the fact that Milner played was, was great. I thought Jones was quite good, and, and we just looked. At, at, bit better back to kind of what we what we were. Obviously it still wasn't perfect. There was still gaping holes in the um, in the defence and obviously there was errors that led to the goals. I was uh, impressed by Firmino. It's the best I've seen Firmino play for a while. Yeah, it's, a, it's the it's the best I think he's the best the best he, he play for a while. He not play. I mean even on top of that, there was a couple of times where he had the ball in the box and it was I think it was at the big end of the first half when he, that he had the ball at the edge of the box. He just the ball just went under his foot and it was still Parts of the of his game where he was like, "That's not what he would have done before. He would have just normally taken a touch and, and been able to be put in." But the the goal, it's the first goal, was was what we'd been crying out for for weeks. Where we it was almost two passes rather than six to get it into the box, and um, obviously Salah finished quite well. And I thought that we were all right. And then obviously we've just made the mistakes. With the um, Reese Williams has obviously made the mistake for the the Rashford goal, and um, and then Rashford's ball to uh, to Greenwood was, was was a great pass, and Milner couldn't cut it out wrong person trying to cut the ball out and then uh, obviously Greenwood scores and makes it 2-1 um, but I mean other than that I thought we, I thought we were alright I thought the balance of play in the second half was was great and I know that Cavani at the post in, the, in, in like the last minute or so but don't, I think it only really happened because we were kind of chasing the game to get back into it so I don't know United took their took the chances um, and won the game and
2: So no, there maybe, was of- maybe, maybe a lack of composure from Fabinho when he hacked down Cavani on the edge of the box
1: well, I, before we answer this, before we got this, because I know this is going to take cheesy on stomach round, I was going to ask Simon because I don't want to get do you think Liverpool have an issue with squad depth, Simon?
2: Yeah, and I, I, and I actually thought Liverpool had an issue with squad depth last year when they had this incredible season and won the title. I just think it was last season they got very lucky that there was there wasn't any real key injuries. To a lot of players, and then I don't. Did you just get rid of a center half in last summer? I, love I, them, I, yeah, yeah, love, yeah. And I remember at the start of the season thinking that thinking they were light at center half, and then obviously, look, I mean, it's bad. Look, Van Dyke getting injured for so long is bad luck. Joe Gomez, get you know, two of your best center halves getting injured for pre, pretty much the whole season is bad luck. But I, yeah, I've always, I've actually, I've always felt that Liverpool squad. You know, it, you're, you're only one injury away from having to play Divock Origi. So yeah, I, I think they are they are lighter players. What, what, what would you say, Ross, from the outside?
1: No, I, I thought they. Like, when after the defeat, and I didn't ask flippantly. When I asked you, I, I don't know if I got lost in the messages, but I asked you, "Cheese, it. Who are your backup fullbacks? Because I don't know beyond Robertson and Trent, who then plays that short it? short of Milner.
0: So I think so. Nico Williams will play at right back, and um, and to be honest, it's probably and it's uh, Samikas that we bought from Olympiakos who would play left back. Who again's been injured and COVID this season. So there was a point for two months, I think, between October and December, where every single player that we bought in the summer was out injured. And I, I don't, I honestly don't think we've got an issue with squad debts because there was no. There's no. I think there was no Henderson in that squad. There was no Keiter in that squad. There was no Jotter in that squad. There was no Van Dijk in that squad. There was no Gomez in that squad. They're five players that would start in that game. And then you take them players off. So you then you put Jones on the bench. Milner goes back to the bench. Fabinho goes back in midfield. Potentially, then Wijnaldum even goes onto the bench. You've got both full-backs then. One of the front three doesn't potentially play and you can bring Jotter on. So, like when you talk about, it's just those people that are out. Actually, it's not just the it's not just the back two that are out, and it is having a huge impact on on the team. But I don't know. I mean, United, United, United centre backs are Maguire, Baye Lindelof, oh,
1: Zaba, Twan Yeah, so, but,
0: yeah, but so it would. So, uh, Rojo
1: and Phil Jones.
0: Are we forgetting about that? <laughs> But if you would have had to play this whole season with Raheem and Phil Jones, regardless of whether you would have had to put McTominay, so if, if McTominay would have had to go in defence for pretty much the entire season, do you think that you, would you have said, "Oh, United needs to go and sign a centre back"? No, no, so I would, I would accept
2: losing two centre halves is is unlucky, but also I, I think in general, you know, the the backup goalkeeper situation isn't good enough. The fact that Really, you're, you're probably short sure of attackers beyond the that front three. You know, Jack Caven was a good signing, but... but who who
0: who else in the league has? I mean, who else in the league has two top quality goalkeepers? I mean, don't get me wrong, United have done really well to farm Henderson out to Sheffield United. He had a great season last season, and it, it's testament to uh, to him that he's done really really well. And look, Kelleher might end up being that that um, goalkeeper in a few years' time, but he's only he's only 22. But there's no other real team that could bring in a top-level goalkeeper that's an understudy for whoever they've already got. So we brought Adrian in last year. I think he played 11 games at the beginning of last season. and we, You think he only conceded in, in two games? He made the horrific mistake for in, in the Champions League, which is fine and fair enough. You take what you can get. But again, he didn't think Alisson was going to be out for a long periods of time last year. There is clamour everywhere for us to sign a centre-back at the minute and I think that you kind of have to just take the rough with the smooth at the minute with the with the with FSG. I don't think that would I like to see a centre back coming? Yeah, yeah, probably would do. Uh, the the, uh, the centre backs that they seem to be talking about. I mean, somebody somebody said today will we take Mustafi? I'm like, no. I said, what is the point in bringing Mustafi? in? is he any better than what we've already got? The whole point with our centre back partnership is it has to be it has to be quick, which is what Van Dijk and Gomez are. And the reason why we don't the reason why we're struggling at the minute. It's because Fabinho and whoever else plays with them are not as fast as And We don't play a... The, high, the line isn't as high, which then impacts the midfield, which then impacts the whole team. So unless you're going to bring somebody in that's quick and that's better than, than Reese Williams, what is the point in spending the money? And that's the bit that I don't get. And I think that if they make a decision that they don't want to sign a centre-back, then they don't want to sign a centre-back and you just have to kind of deal with it and do what we're doing. I think Klopp came out and very much said that he's not fake. He knows that we need a centre-back, but ultimately, that they won't sanction us to sign a centre-back. He's not daft. He knows that a centre-back would help and improve us and I'm, and I'm very much the same ilk. There, must be, if there they, must be a
1: loan signing out there.
0: Well, I don't... If, if, if the thing is, at the minute, I don't... If there is one, then either there is one or there isn't one or it's not the right deal and if it isn't the right deal, it isn't the right deal. But I don't think that you can call out, well, I mean, you can say, obviously, it's a, it's a bad mark against FSG, but the way that we've recruited in the last few years to bring in the players that we had for the price that we've paid for them and how we've done it, if this is the only issue that we've, that, that, that they've got, they're like, well, if we think they, can, they think they can style it out or they think they can get through it and, and, and kind of get through to whatever we need to do whenever Gomez and, and Van Dijk are back, uh, and if that's next season, then that's what we'll do and that's what we'll have to cope with.
2: So how so, how close is um, is Gomez coming back? So I've seen he's training again, isn't he?
0: No, I think it's March. I think it's not this. Oh, it's, I think well, it's yeah, March is enough. Well,
2: we're late January now. The
1: thing is, um, yeah, Gomez it's, Gomez's it's, injury record hasn't been great. He's never, like he's one of the ones that you've got. He's, he needs like in the next season or two seasons, he needs to put. I can see he needs to be playing thirty out of a thirty-eight game season to show that he can actually put up with it. Or ever you're going to get to a point where you go, like Eric baggy for us, he's probably one of our best defenders, but he can't stay fit. And as much as I want him to play and want him to play every game, if you can't rely on him to stay fit, there has to be a point where you go, you just have to cut your losses on someone. You can't rely Regardless of saying, yeah, we've got four centre-backs, but if Joe Gomez is one of them and he's, in, he's uh, injured all the time... You can't say you've got four. Do you, do you know what I mean? That... No, I, I, I think that's right.
0: But I think at the same time you would bring um, you'd bring another centre back in. Um, I think that's what the plan is for the summer. Um, and if that, and if us signing a centre back now, or we can whatever if whatever we do now impacts on the summer, and we don't end up getting the centre back that we want in the summer, then I don't understand why we bother. And I know you could say, well, you're just throwing the league away, or you're throwing this away because we haven't signed a centre back. Well, that's that's what that's the, what they want to give Klopp to do, and he needs to work his miracles. And it's not happening. Then that's the. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't really know what else to. I just feel like we're we're just they they're just hammering the, the same point. on and it isn't going to change. And even Socrates was mentioned today. I mean, I'm like, what are we? That's what would we sign him for? Like, I don't understand how he would make any difference to what we've already got positionally he'd be told to play much further forward than he would have been at Arsenal. He wouldn't be able to get back. So what would be the point in signing him? That's the bit that I don't get. And perhaps there is somebody out there, and everybody's mentioned um, militao from M- Madrid, who Madrid have put up for loan apparently, but I can't see around Madrid loaning us their fourth-choice centre-back when they we're both playing, when, I think we're both in the Champions League. I can't see that. I can't see that. What, for 3 or £4 million covers wages? I can't see that happening. It's not, I don't think it's quite as easy, it's as easy as that. So I don't know. It's just, it, I think in the grand scheme of what we wanted to do in the summer, they brought somebody in who was creative in Thiago. They brought somebody in who was back, going to be back up for the, for the, for the front three. Um, we've paid, what, £20 million this year for the pair of them because obviously the t- payments are all staggered. Um, this, they wanted obviously to sign a centre-half. Lovren said he wanted to go so he wasn't playing. I mean, they've said that obviously if he'd have been here this season, he'd played 40 games this season. But there was times last year where you'd say Dejan Lovren can never play for Liverpool again; he's too error prone. So you can't, on one hand, say, "Well, we've got rid of a really error prone defender," who potentially, I think, when we played against Watford, he played in in the loss at Watford last year, and has made numerous mistakes since. And we we've got rid of him when we've got um, sold him for 11 million, and that's with the money that we brought in the backup left back. That it's unfortunate that Van Dijk's out for the season, and you lose Gomez for the season. And I, don't, I think they trust, um, they see the potential in Gomez. And I think you're right, he's had, he had a bad injury at a tackle in, at Burnley, I think, which put him out for three months, I think the season before we won the league. And then uh, whatever happened with England that we never actually found out about, he got injured in training, didn't he? And, and, and that was it for whenever it was, the, I think it was the October, um, um, the October um, international break. But I don't know what else. I don't think we've got. I I think we probably need to sign a centre half. I mean,
1: but at the minute, Simon, Liverpool are currently playing holding midfielders in central midfield who think it's okay to go through the back of players on the retro zone box, aren't they?
2: Oh, I I was I was surprised he wasn't arrested after. I thought it was GPH. I mean, (laughs) the way (laughs) Cheddar.
0: Uh, well, you know you're know my opinion on it, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I, I said to you, and i said to you, and I said this to you before I was like we can i said we i thought we probably deserved to i, I thought we probably deserved to win that game I thought with how we played in the second half i said but I said, when your look's not in, your look's not in and i and and the thing that I, the thing that I thought about even more was, um i said, do you know what it might have been a foul i said i i said but uh, i like well, sent you the picture of the Origi foul the a couple a couple a couple of seasons ago which was practically the same thing where he touched him on the back of the knee. It's just that Origi went down like a sack of spuds. I mean, Cavani, I mean, I, I, I talk about an unnatural position. I can't, he was like almost leaning backwards at the, at the time. I, I, couldn't underst- I couldn't understand how it was given. Uh, he, just, he, just, he just, I don't know, he just went down. He did a almost felt like he'd done a Harry Kane and bought, and bought the foul. And he probably has he a, bought the foul, but that doesn't mean it's not a foul. Well, I, didn't, I, didn't think it, well, I didn't think it was a foul. And the fact that the first, one of the first, I think even Genius mentioned it on, on commentary, because I think once they showed it for a second time, um, that was ah. it. They didn't show it again. And I think even Genius mentioned about the, the free kick. And then he, and one of the things, I, I mean, it, obviously Ian Wright said whatever Ian Wright had said. And then um, I think there's been a couple of Twitter polls and stuff on up about it today. I was like, wow, I can't believe really reading them. Um, but it's one of them things, it's a, it's a decision that leads to the goal and it's a great goal from Fernandez. and you could probably say that, I, I don't know whether you could really say that Alisson should have saved it. I mean, it was that hit that well and that close. I mean, Pogba ducked in front of it Oh I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Well, um,
1: have you seen the uh, accusations flying around that Thiago ducked out the way of it?
0: Yeah, somebody mentioned, somebody, uh, somebody I used to work with had messaged me about um, Thiago ducking out of the way of it but I, 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 again it was, it was just one of them one of them things I don't know it was it went in that was the team to knock the wind out of us and United were through and that was it West,
1: West Ham here we come eh Simon
2: the day of Murray's diving isn't it uh, yeah I mean
1: West that, that I mean that's not
2: an easy tie West Ham are on a bit of a decent run aren't they so it's well obviously... yeah, to be fair to him he has actually done quite a good job there hasn't he
1: yeah, he's, he's 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 found a <laughs> um, Marouane Fellaini replacement and Sinclair replacement in
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Suchek.
1: And he's just gone back with the old style, hasn't he? But yeah. no, he, I mean, I even when he was at United, I didn't think he was a bad manager. Just things didn't work out for me at United. You can't say the job he did ever is a bad manager. He's just not found a team that's fit his style, has it? I think he's found that now at West Ham. He's re- they're reaping the wards at the minute. But yeah, no, I I can't I'm I do not think it's guaranteed. I mean as much as I would hope it would be. I think West Ham's West Ham and the Boys, it's not gonna be an easy thing. And I did think City were gonna get knocked out when they went one nil down to Who well, did they play? Cheltenham.
2: Cheltenham, yeah, yeah the the guy with the long throw. I turned it on when
1: it was one nil to Cheltenham and then within two minutes City equalised. So it's like, no, why did I turn it on? So Yeah, I have to wait and see. There's still some big teams left in it, isn't there? But...
2: You know, the, um, the guy at Cheltenham was doing that long throw. So he learnt that by watching Rory Jalap videos.
1: Yeah.
2: I know uh, Liverpool were mocked for getting a throwing coach in last year, weren't they? But why hasn't every team got someone that can do that? If, if you can just learn it, if it is just a technique to learn. Yeah, I, I
0: don't think it was about. It wasn't about a long throw. That wasn't what. The, it wasn't some guy trying to just put pump Joel Gorman's his muscles up to the, and make him throw longer. It was about trying to keep the ball. It was about no, the yeah, no, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. Uh, cheap, but saying, "Why don't you just get someone who can teach you how to do a long throw and use it as like My a corner?
2: My, my point is, yeah, that it if it is a te- if it's just a technique thing that you can just learn. Well, I, I, I've seen. Why hasn't people, ev- why isn't every team in the league?
1: Yeah, why isn't Sean Dyche or David Moyes got someone in? Yeah. Because they, they, their style of football thrive on it. Or Sam Allardyce. Why haven't they just employed someone?
2: And just go, so right, much money in it. football is thrown at so many things. Even like whenever you see anyone with a long throw, it's such a dangerous asset.
1: I mean, I'll I quite, think, didn't I'll, try, quite didn't it. The, I'll quite happily for the next month just make a video compilation of Roy DeLapp's best throw-ins. And then for yeah. five grand, spend a day at a training centre just making the players watch.
2: <laughs> and you're experienced at delivering
1: training, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> five grand is more than what I normally charge as well.
2: You throw yeah. that in as a, like, as a double with the team teach, oh, then that's, what, would exactly. like the eight grand,
1: would it? Exactly, that. that's man-to-man marking sorted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. There must be, yeah, I agree. There must be some teams that would benefit from just someone who's able to do one proins.
0: I suppose you'd have to have a big man to it, wouldn't
1: you? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Burnley, Chris Wood, just right, Chris. Let's get around you. Makes sense, doesn't it? They struggle for goals. Why not? Why not maximise chances? Anyway, when do we? Uh, when do we next play next? When do we next play Liverpool for the next three points next?
2: <laughs> can we play you every week cheesy um, no you've uh, got a what,
1: what's your run you've got Tottenham next and then we've got to play Tottenham
0: West Ham Manchester City then I think we play Leipzig then Leicester then Everton and Leipzig again
1: tough tough run
0: yeah Tough, no, them you,
2: tough, tough, tough them Champions League games, aren't they? Well, well you, you think those Champions League games are tough? Imagine how worried Ross is because you United have got to, go, got to play Sheffield United next, don't we?
1: <laughs> Wednesday night. I
2: mean, I'm i not sleeping. Really. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> that is a tough place, isn't it? You take every, a draw there, wouldn't you, Ross? Every time, it's it's got,
1: every time, every time I'm cooking and I pull a knife out and I see Steve <laughs> Sheffield, no, no they everywhere just a reminder Claire said should we watch a film the other night she watched, watched the full Monty I was like no it should oh! be old can't, can't watch that you're alright
0: you're you all alright you're, you're right with Sheffield United anyway they're the only team in the bottom six that we beat this year so I'm sure that, surely if we've beaten them then you must be able to turn them over as well yeah
2: well tough place Bramwell Lane
0: you're not know, at Bramwell Lane you're at home
2: oh yeah. it might be okay then that's a relief yeah looker
1: lucky yeah
2: yeah then we got Arsenal after that and not we which is exciting yeah what, what a shame for the blue that we won't be able to go and, and enjoy another thriller between <laughs> Arsenal and United
0: yeah we could sit outside in the snow and watch it on our home <laughs> and, and, anything for United to drop some points you
1: know what I've never seen so much snow in one year to mentioned that earlier
2: I think it's crazy, isn't
1: it? Like I remember years ago, I got about a week off school because we had snow, snow days. But I can't remember for ages that we had like such like patches. It's been snowed and then not snowed, snowed. I've never had such different spells of snow. I can't remember it anyway.
0: Because it actually started Christmas Day, didn't it? For about half an hour in the afternoon, it snowed for a bit, and then I thought, oh, that was that was it. It's just just those people that put the bets on for Christmas Day whether it'll snow, and then. yeah it's been it's been on and off but i think it's always like one half of the country always seems to get snow it's never blanket snow all the way up the country like one one half seems to enjoy it and then the next half seems to enjoy it i think i think that's it for us i don't think we're going to get any more um <laughs>
1: well if you worked yeah, out i didn't know you're a part-time
0: meteorologist <laughs> <laughs> what's in the weather today it's like I, we, we, we built we built a snowman on, on Wednesday, and we're trying to see how long he's going to last. And he's he's holding up quite well at the minute. So, yeah, but I think it's supposed to rain for the next couple of days. So, how, how big was the snowman? No, not particularly big. The, the 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 um, Esme and Grayson had trampled most of the snow into the into the grass before we could kind of get any uh any any big balls rolling. So we had to kind of gather the snow from the rest of the uh, from the rest of the garden onto chairs and tables and and whatnot. So it wasn't quite as big as I was hoping it was going to be. Luke, we'll always, to...
1: Luke always picks it up wanting to throw a snowball and then he makes like two and he goes, my hands are cold. And I say, well, <laughs> yeah, it's snow, mate. And then he carries on doing it and then he goes, my hands are even colder. And I say, well, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to you really. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. If you want to throw snowballs, you're going to get cold hands. Anyway, what's the other big news today, Cheezer?
0: Um, So the sacking of um, Frank Lampard. He has been um, well by the sounds of it. It was it. It's, it looks like it's been agreed for a while. As um, Thomas Tuchel, uh, the ex PSG boss, looks like he's um, he's on a flight from from Germany probably as we speak or wherever he is to uh, to come in and take over. So you kind of feel like it's been in the offing for a while. Um, do we? I mean, is it, it's not. Is it? Is it really a surprise? Is it a surprise I, because it's
2: Frank? I, th- I think any other Chelsea manager would have been sacked long before now. I think he was given extra time because it was Frank, but it, it was coming, wasn't it?
1: I, I I did think that. Yeah, with with Frank being appointed, I thought maybe is this kind of a change of tax from Chelsea? Is this Abramovich? I don't know. Maybe thinking we'll see what we'll see what a young up and coming manager we'll give him. Kind of three, four years to actually put a stamp and maybe maybe see if he can bring young players three, obviously with the transfer ban when Frank started. But then I mean as soon as he went out and spent I mean we've mentioned it a lot of times, 250 million and one transfer window. You're asking for trouble, aren't you? If you don't deliver at Chelsea doing that. Then then that's when it becomes inevitable. If you're not top of the league or second within a point, two points, yeah, you're starting to think this is Every bad result, you're just thinking Abramovich hes he has got one eye on elsewhere. Then, I okay. mean, you to be fair, to were me, you surprised, not, Cheddar? Um,
0: I thought he'd get—I I mean, I don't know. It's always going to take—it's always going to take time for players to settle, especially when you've bought. I think we've talked about that before on the show. I—I I, I thought he'd get to the—I thought they'd get—I thought they'd get to the Champions League, I suppose. This season's probably a little bit different because it is so congested. There is a very good chance that they might not even end up. If, if it continues, they might not even end up in Europe. But it was only second game in December that I think somebody mentioned today that if they'd have beat Everton, they'd have gone top of the league. So I know what we're saying. Obviously, if you're not top, and Chelsea at the minute are, are a million miles away from top. I think they've taken eight points from, from the last twenty-four, and that's obviously been the run that's done it. But I think the the, the biggest thing for it was that. Um, as part of the, whether it's from the board or whether it's from Abramovich, but they said that whether um, whether Frank could turn it around or not, they've not seen anything since he'd been there to suggest that they were going to get anywhere with him. Uh, something along those lines, which was kind of a bit of a kick in the gut, really, for Lampard to say that, like even even when they played well, or even when they even when they were potentially went could have gone top of the league, that they didn't really the board didn't really have faith in Lampard that they could he could get stuff done. Um, there's obviously there was big um, there's been a lot of newspaper reports there about him not getting on with Chelsea I, I don't know if they've got a sporting director She's called, I think she's called Marina I'm not quite sure how it works but she's the one that signs the, the, the deals to get players in um, apparently Lampard wanted Declan Rice um, and uh, James Tarkovsky uh, they, she wouldn't sign off on it um, whether or not it was whether or not it was on top of what they'd already bought which I, I kind of had to believe Chelsea were a bit dubious to go and pay £70 million for Declan Rice when they'd let him go on a free when he was a teenager. Right. Um,
1: well, regardless of whether they signed Declan Rice, they've got Ingolo Kante, who for the last two seasons has been one of the world's, world's best central defensive midfielders. So that's not... that that's the, No, I'm not I saying say, it. I'm not saying it would. I'm not saying I'm,
0: what. No, what, what I'm saying is whether he wanted Rice and he'd signed somebody else. I'm not saying that Declan Rice would have made a difference about to team, so I don't think he would have done, because they've, they've not been scoring enough goals. Um, But I, I just thought because I, I it was Frank, he would have got a little bit longer... Um, but uh, Chelsea's a, Chelsea's Chelsea, Chelsea's a business. You don't get the results. I mean, they sacked a, they sacked Ancelotti for winning the league. So I don't know. I, I, it's just
1: Simon. Do you think uh, his lack of consistency in team selection had anything to
2: do with it? Oh, well, I, I just think the fact that they spent all that money last summer and they've gone backwards since meant he was in trouble. Whatever the specific reasons why they've ended up going backwards. I don't think Abramovich worries I don't think Abramovich is open to sort of nuanced conversations. I think he's fairly simplistic in going, look, this guy's we want someone that's gonna win us the league. Are you about to win us the league? No. Well, you sucks, And that's always been his way.
1: But do you think his lack of consistency was one of the reasons for the lack of performance on the pitch, or do you think I uh, well, on the pitch so he had to change it round to try and find some consistency?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that Anken and the inability to get the best out of his players was sort of leading to having to change it around. I mean, what did you think? And where where do you think Lampard goes next?
1: Well, this is another interesting question because I was thinking about this before we came on. He's not established enough. In I don't think that you would say he walks into another top job. I think he has to drop back down to the Championship, say. To get a, to get a jo- to get a job, and then kind of build his reputation back up. Because I don't think, other than his season, first season at Chelsea, where he did say there was a real like emphasis on bringing young players through, which they kind of like, there was a fair few young players that he gave time, but that was kind of self-imposed with the transfer ban. I don't think he'll. I don't know, like I don't think any manager, any chairman out there, will look at what he's done in his next transfer and see he spent all that money and then end up going backwards that they'll go yeah I want this so I think he has to drop down and see where he can go or he maybe has to do a Gerrard and go up to Scotland and maybe rebuild his reputation but I, I can't see him walking into a Premier League job can you?
2: Well what do you think Cheesy? Trying to think whereabouts
0: he would end up if he if he would go to somewhere in the Premier League. I think I think the thing for him is he will always be it will always be a little bit of a pull. So a, a, a lot of young players that are, that are, that are starting out now and, and playing the game will, will want to play for Lampard because they'll have seen him play growing up. So I think he's always going to be able to bring in some some young players, um, whether it be on loan or I think he's always going to be able to get a team out of the Championship. Um, but but you like I said, be out, out of the Championship. No, he got did he get to the he got to did he get to the final? I can't remember. He got to the play
1: playoff final, final. Yeah. yeah. And lost, so, that's, I mean, and, that's that's still in the championship. Yeah, lost no, I get really. that,
0: but I, I, get, I get that. But I think the what I'm trying to think of, was it Leeds and who else was it? Leeds and Fulham?
2: Leeds and Fulham came up, yeah. Yeah, it's no, not no, like, no, no, that, was, no, that no. was a different year. That was different. No, no he beat, no, no. Cause he beat, he beat Leeds in the playoff semi-final and celebrating in front of the fans, and it, that's, that's why that's Leeds.
1: They all on his. And, train uh, I, it.
2: After, yeah, that was that was all the same season. So Villa went up that playoff final.
0: Was it who went up that season? Then? Was it Norwich and? Uh, anyway, so, I, Sheffield I remember, United.
2: Nor- Norwich and Sheffield United. Tough place yeah, to
0: go. So if, so if I remember right, so <laughs> so that, his Derby team weren't better than those two teams. So no, no. His, uh, his
2: derby team. They had Mason Mount on loan. They had Wilson on loan from Liverpool. The um, Harry Wilson. Yeah. They had Tamori yeah. on loan from Chelsea. Yeah. They had. They had somebody else on loan as well. I mean, they, they had a team who basically ended up being the spine of his Chelsea team the next season in the Premier League. You had, they had a team full of players. You think, God, surely you could get they could get you out of the Championship?
1: Yeah, I think one of my mates on the footy team, he's a Derby fan, and he was a bit. He, he was every week. He was saying Mason Mount is an unbelievable player, unbelievable player. Like he was kind of like, we're, play, we're playing such good football. We should, we should get out of this. So I think he was a bit. And almost that's obviously but they didn't.
0: But then that's obviously why that Koku's gone in there and it's been a disaster because Tamori's gone, Mount's gone, Wilson's I mean Wilson's gone. There's a there's, everybody's been completely stripped out of that team and he's been left with but now Rooney's Rooney's got a rebuilding job, hasn't he? But yeah. I, I think basically they spent all the money while Ampad was there and now. But I don't I don't know where I don't I mean if you think about anywhere at the minute he doesn't get does he doesn't get anywhere into into the into the top. Would Newcastle take a punt on I mean, him? Maybe I don't well, know. Yeah.
2: Yes, I don't think they would. Yes, I was thinking new. The only so I I don't think any Premier League team would be that interested in me. the only one. that I thought Newcastle maybe if they got new owners with money in, you could sort of see how they might be attracted to a sort of glamorous manager. With mean, you know, so you had loads of money. To, you know, basically, the Saudi Arabians wanted a, a big name, glamorous manager. You could maybe see him going the Lampard route, but wasn't that... I, I don't see any Premier League team going for him. I, I think he might be having to try rebuilding the Championship again or go abroad.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, one of, the, one of the things for me is, like, I know you said about a big name, but I just don't see... I, I think the thing for me, like, the Chelsea-Lampard, obviously with him being, like, their uh, top goal scorer and the uh, career he had at Chelsea, like, that was that was... That was the only reason he got the job at Chelsea, wasn't it, really? It's similar to Solskjaer. Solskjaer only got the job at United because of what he did when he was there as a player. But I just don't like you say, the thing is, recruitment wise, I don't the recruitment from Chelsea's point of view has been good. You it, no team in the world would have said no to Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, like all these players. The problem is that they just signed too many of the same type of player, didn't they? They went all out on buying attackers and then never really thought about anywhere else in the squad. And that's, whether that's Lampard's fault or like you say, Cheddar, that, that what's she called? Marine?
0: Marine, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah Marie, whether, it's, whether it's her fault, I don't know. But then, so whether Lampard's been dealt a duff hand, who knows? But to me, I'd, I just don't see that anyone else in that in the league would be an attractive prospect for to take on Lampard and, and think no. yeah, you know what they're going to build me up the league or they're going, to, they're going to take me through to where I need to be he's just not proved himself to actually do anything yet
0: he's never going to be he's not going to be a, he's not going to be where um, he's not going to be an Allardyce City he, where he'll come in and, and get a team out of relegation I thought that maybe it, it, I don't know if it doesn't work out for it doesn't work out for Potter at Brighton this year and they, they decide to sack him. If Brighton finished 17th or whatever and they decide that they don't want Graham Potter, then he could end up at Brighton. He could end up at Palace maybe uh, if they, they get rid of Hodgson at the end of the year. But I don't really know where else he could potentially go. Yeah, most- but then I also
1: think a lot of these teams, they're relying on... I mean, apart from Graham Potter, I know Graham Potter's not exactly... But Graham Potter built up a bit of a reputation before he came to Brighton of the, the attractive style of football he plays. Whereas I just don't know if I just don't know if Lampard's what 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 is Lampard's what, reputation? That's what I'm saying. What well, what what I, I, what, I what is he what is he known for? And I just don't know what that is and what you would say, what any of a Premier League club would go, yeah, we'll get him in because he's gonna do this for us.
0: Well it's very similar to Arteta, isn't it? What I mean, if you were gonna say what style of football does Frank Lampard play, or what formation does he play and what does he stick to? I wouldn't have a Scooby Doo. Because you don't know what he doesn't know what he's he doesn't what he doesn't know what his his best positions are for for the plays that he's got. Um,
1: yeah, so I agree. I, I think I, I think that's also partly down to the fact I think like Chelsea, the Chelsea and the Arsenal's this world because they're they're so established in the Premier League, you can take you can set the chance on a front line part, you can take the chance on a Mikel Arteta, and. In reality, the chances of you actually going down... I know we said about Arsenal being a bit of a relegation fight of Arteta, and they, they pulled it round, but that's a massive surprise if they would actually go down, if they kept Arteta in chat. Like, yeah. The quality of players would, would keep them up. You would think naturally would keep them up. They would be able to score enough goals or do enough things, regardless of who the manager is, to keep them up. Whereas some of the lesser teams, they haven't got that. They haven't got that natural, we're just going to be here at the end of the season, regardless. So, it, it, it to, to me, it doesn't seem like they it's worth them taking a punt on things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the, the other thing is as well is since they brought up the stat that I think from, So I think he's had fifty games. I think at Chelsea now from the first fifty games that Solskjaer had that Solskjaer had, had he Solskjaer won less games than Lampard. And I know obviously Lampard's probably come into Chelsea at a, kind of a, a different time and had those players this year. But just from this season, from the if you think about where Arsenal were eight weeks ago to where Arsenal are now and where Chelsea were eight weeks ago to where they are now, it's almost happened in complete reverse that Arteta at the beginning of the season, I mean, when Arsenal went down to 17th, they were like, they've got to get rid of him, they've got to go. They've turned it round 1-4 and I think they won, they got don't know, 12, 13 points from 15 games and we talked about this last week, there are only two points behind Chelsea or however many points it is behind Chelsea now and now Arteta's kind of fine, they've found the rhythm, Emil smith Rose come in, Saka's playing well, Aubameyang scoring again, it's all completely turned around for um, for for Arsenal, whereas for Chelsea, the complete opposites happened. they kind of, I thought they'd kind of done all right at the beginning of the season. They kind of were getting through games, and that whole when it was all kind of working with, with, was um, they were finding the feet. They were kind of, they were still getting results, but now that they've kind of they've they've still not found out what they wanted to do, and they've started losing games. and They started to lose confidence. I mean, I watched Werner on Sunday for a little bit, and I was like, "What?" I, it's like I was so glad that Liverpool never signed him. I mean, it might
1: well, be... I I read, I read that he's he's already in the um, in the little games that he's played for Chelsea. He's already played wide left more than he ever played wide left for RB Leipzig. So it, I, thought it's also... I thought he also. I thought
0: he played wide left for Leipzig. No,
1: no, no. no. Apparently, he always played through the middle. And even Nagelsmann said, "Or oh, someone else is, You just you've got one of the best strikers in the world. You're using him wrong. Like why are you playing him there? And I mean, I can half understand. I can half get. Frank's tactics, yeah, we'll play Tammy in the middle or Giroud in the middle, will be the target man. And then from each side, we'll have them making them inside runs, being the ones. But if if you've signed Timo Werner based on his form that he's done at RB Leipzig as a striker, and then you play, ask him to play out, out wide out left, I, I have some sympathy for Timo Werner in that he's been playing out. But I know it's not massively out, but it's, it is a different place. It's like asking, if we ask Cavani suddenly to play Wide left, that wouldn't work, would it? Or if you ask Firmino suddenly to play somewhere, like it just doesn't work, or Harry Kane to play wide, they like some players are just suited to what they do. And
0: yeah, I, th- I think the problem is he's not. If you think about Firmino and the, the way that he plays, and he drops back in. Werner doesn't do that. Cavani's very much a number nine. Kane's very much a number nine. I don't, I mean, I, I mean, even Lacazette plays in the middle for, for Arsenal, and he's 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 a number nine. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know what, I don't know what Werner would bring to a Like he's, I think he'd already come out and said that the, the English leagues are much more,
1: much yeah, more brutal. He said he's finding it harder. I mean, what I would say is just from thinking about, um, like from a, from a Chelsea point of view, why they might have sacked him. Just looking at the league. So on the same points or more, Southampton, Aston Villa, West Ham, Everton.
0: Yeah, but you could also say that, you could also say that those. I mean, West Villa. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure. Everton. I think Everton and Villa. They
1: play two less throughout. games than Chelsea.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, that's what I'm saying. But they're 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 also what. Well, they're not many. They're not. They're not far behind Liverpool. I don't think five five points behind Liverpool are they? Well, yeah. On Chelsea are on twenty nine. But, but, I, I, the thing, but the thing is, if they need to win games. They need to get points on the board because if they don't get points on the board, then they've done it, they're potentially going to miss out on Europe, and that's the that, that's that. And but that, they, that's, they that's the other thing. To...
1: Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's got loads of pennies in the bank because of winning the league last season, so he can afford to have a bit of a dip and then go again, can't he? Whereas Lampard hasn't got that. No, I, mean, no, but... I get
0: that. No, I yeah, get, I get that.
1: So what do you think about Tuchel coming to Chelsea then, Simon?
2: Interesting appointment. Uh... I mean, it'll be fascinating to see how he gets on. I think he's basically most of his career has been spent following Jurgen Klopp into jobs, hasn't it? But, he, did, I mean, he did get PSG to the final of the Champions League last season. which no, like, Obviously, they've got a lot of money and throw money at things all the time, PSG, but no other managers managed to do that. I mean, but having said all that, he was tactically out-thought by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer earlier this season. So, it's hard to gauge, but... <laughs> 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 He's somewhat experienced at managing at top level. I think they hope in the Germany connection and um, Kai Havertz and whatever will we'll sort of work out. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. Do
1: you think do you think he'll make a massive difference to their form? I just think it's it'll be kind of one of those. Do you think that's kind of a coincidental link, and it probably won't work? I just think it will actually make a difference.
2: Well. Uh, I was speaking to a Chelsea fan the other week, and He was saying he did have sympathy with the fact that, you know, these lads, they've come over from, uh, a lot of them have come from sort of countries that are basically doing better than us when it comes to COVID. They've arrived in London in a very strange time to have to move to the UK. And, you know, it, it must be a bit weird. They must sort of not have the support systems that you would expect. You can't just nip home in the way that maybe he could have done in normal times. So I think I've got a little little bit of sympathy that it is a weird time for a lot of these new players to have joined Chelsea. And just as the world is opening up a bit and maybe having a manager that speaks the same language as you, and, you know, there must be, there's probably a few players at Chelsea. I I remember in the summer, there was a thing about Rudiger leaving and I think Lampard was up for him leaving. Rudiger basically sort of refused to leave. The German uh, central defender. And I think what was sort of not said at the time was I think Rudiger was maybe taking a bet on the fact that at Chelsea, if you hang around for a year, they normally change manager. And just because you're not in favour with the current one, you know, Chelsea one seems to have got so many players that are out in the cold that are actually quite, you know, so I think he might be able to just get a tune out of some of these players that Lampard wasn't been able to do. But in many ways, I think he'll just try and get through to the end of the season. Have a summer. Things will be a bit more normal. He'll be able to put his put his will on things. What do you two think?
1: I mean, to be honest, I've never even considered that um, kind of angle towards it about the whole moving and settling in aspect. So maybe, maybe yeah, the fact that it is another native speaker for them to actually communicate with and get along with possibly will help. But um, yeah, it's it's just interesting. I don't think that probably Thomas Tuchel is probably more respected as well, isn't he, around Europe than um, Frank Lampard as a manager? So maybe it's kind of that, like you're coming in. He's someone to talk to. He's someone to talk to. Get get his party across easy because he can talk it in German, and then maybe more respecting of it because, of, like you say, you got PSG to final the Champions League last year. So maybe we'll see an upturn in the form, and maybe you actually play maybe the players where they want to play him. Like you said, the fact that is playing wide left and he's played there more times for Chelsea already than he, he ever did for RB Leipzig, maybe just playing Timo Werner through the middle and then sacking And he has... The other thing, Thomas Tuchel have no loyalties to any of these young English players, will they?
2: No. Well, it's good. that's the, the other thing I was going to ask you too is what impact do you think this will have on the likes of Mason Mount?
0: I think Mounts. I think Mounts probably. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, he seems to be a, a relatively good good player. I mean, Tomori's obviously been binned off already, hasn't he? I think he's going to finalise his loan to AC Milan at, at the end of this month, and then there's an option. Of, there's an option to buy for 25 million, I think, at the end of the year. So he potentially is going to leave Chelsea anyway. Um, I mean, they, they just have a lot of the same players, don't they? I mean, Hudson Madi is very similar to Pulisic, who's very similar to Zayek, and they must be playing these they must be paying an absolute fortune so they're going to have to clear the decks out. I mean, where do, I mean, for me, for,
1: for me, it's Tammy Abraham the one that's worried. Would, would you have, you've got Timo Werner who's been an out-and-out striker with one of the deadliest in the league. You're not going to start Tammy Abraham, are you? I, I kind of agree Mason Mount that he's kind of, he's kind of built up this reputation as being, a, I can go anywhere and do a job anywhere and do something somewhere. So we'll kind of stay there. But Hudson-Odoi's never really had a chance. And then when you think you've got Ziyech and Pulisic and whoever else is ahead of him, then you've, like you say, Tamori's gone. Billy Gilmore, who looked very excited at the end of last season, who's seen his chances limited. Are we going to see him again? When you think there's Jorginho and Kante, probably going to use at that base of the central defensive midfield. Reese James is probably the only what, the other one that's probably cemented his place because he probably looks a better option than... Um, As for the Quetta coming forward, but I'd say for a lot of the young English that's there, you you see seeing Thomas Tuchel come in, and he knows. Uh, I mean, probably from his experience at PSG, that it's it's just all about results. You don't get the results, you're going to get sacked. So he hasn't got the, he hasn't he's not got the chance to take a chance on young English talent. He's just going to go with the big names that they bought.
2: But equally, I mean, you know, we talked about the way someone like Luke Shaw has been pushed on by our I mean, extra competition. Maybe, you know, this is, in a way, an opportunity for these young English lads. Maybe up until this point, there's been a slight feeling of, oh, they're getting a chance because Lampard has kind of promised that he'd promote young English players. Now they're going to have to be there on merit. Going to have to, you know, Tuchel, Tuchel will pick the best players. You know, he's going to want to do well. It's, it's on them to make sure He'll they say. won the best players. The best eleven players.
1: So you're saying because they've already had the chance, the young English lads are now going to prove that
2: they're the best ones to actually be in that position. More they'll show it. Well, more. Uh, well, as, as an England fan, I think you just sort of have to think. Well, maybe one of them will. You know, maybe one of them will come through and be brilliant, and that's all. All that really matters. You know? Oh, no.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. As an English fan, yeah, you. I want Callum Hudson to playing the best he can. I want Mounts and Mount being this unbelievable player. I want all of them. Or Rhys James being pushing. Trent Alexander Arnold and Aaron Wan Bissaka for the England rights back book. but I don't know. To me, I just I, it sounds it, it sounds a very optimistic view of Thomas Tuchel, where he's actually going to. Yeah, I think he's going to pick pick the, the the money that's been spent and go with that.
2: Well, oh, look, I mean. It feels like the winners from this are Havertz and Werner, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, and maybe Pulisic. And the sort of the, the guys that have played in Germany, who, you know, Pulisic has played, I think has played under Tuchel. You know, you feel like they are the ones who must be thinking that today is a good day for them and a chance for them to sort of relaunch their Chelsea careers. But equally, I think for those young English players, it's, it's kind of on them... You you can't just sort of sit around feeling hard oh, done by because the guy that was playing you was left. You know it's it's on them and a bit of a test of where they're at and what sort of people they are. Are they how resilient are they to this and will they be able to sort of push on and and, and make themselves undroppable? And what what are your views on the on the two cool signing cheesy? Um, I mean it's,
0: it's they needed a ch- they, if they needed a change who else who else is the, uh, probably take the job? I don't know whether. It, don't know whether it's a job for Allegri or whether he even wanted it, but it sounds like they've had him lined up for a while. I think the other thing I read today was that they were always going to pick their next manager was always was going to be a German-speaking manager. And they spent an awful lot of money on Havertz. So they need they need somebody to get the best out of him. Um, the same with Rudiger as well. I think Rudiger's German, isn't he? he plays the in the German yeah NBA. yeah. I thought he was Chelsea's best player last year. The fact that Lampard wanted to get rid of him was to me just seemed absolutely absolutely crazy. Um, so I I don't think Chelsea have got a bad team. And one of the things we talked about before was they need a, they need a style of play. If they were gonna pay eighty million pounds for Kai kind of Havertz, where on earth are you gonna play him in a four three three? Because you're not gonna play him as as the as the as the false nine or the guy that plays the nine similar to Firmino because you've just signed Bernie, you've got Abraham, you've got Giroud. That's that, if you're gonna play that then how how are you gonna play it? So where are they gonna play him? And the only the obvious place to play Havertz would be where Mount plays. So I mean, it'd be interesting what Tuchel do. What Tuchel does, I, I think they, they need to clear. They need to clear the decks with some people. They need to get rid of some people. But I mean, the new manager, bounce, whoever it may be, um, will probably have an effect. It will definitely, think, have an effect on on a lot of the new signings. Um, I mean, I mean let's, all just,
1: it, let's just say if you were starting a football manager game at the minute, you would not turn up your nose at going to Chelsea with a, with a stacked attack that they've got, would you? Like oh no, no!
0: Absolutely you, not.
1: You, 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 you would like instantly as a manager. Tuchel's going in and going, "What area do we need to address?" Right, defensive. I just need to sort the centre half out and get a get a good base in the central midfield, and then I'm done. I, everything else is is there. It's already in place, isn't it? it, it it's not. It's not like you're thinking, "Oh, why, why, where's this?" The squad's so heavy in the attacking department. You don't really. You don't really need to think about it. You just have to pick Kanté in his role that he's actually suited to Let's get a regular partnership with Thiago Silva and someone else and then he's halfway there to making it making it work I would say but
2: the the one thing I would I mean I yeah I agree I kind of you know as you go in as a manager you think oh the the problem at Chelsea is they've almost got too many really good players how do I get them all into the same team and that's quite a good problem to have what I would say about too I'm not I'm an expert on him but I feel like he's had a few chances at quite big clubs. You know, he's been at Borussia Dortmund. He's been at PSG. He's not really set the world alight either. And you think, is he just one of those managers that, a bit like when Unai Emery turned up at at Arsenal, just one of those managers who's not quite one of the best managers. And, you know, just sort of a step down from, from the elite managers that you see going around. And, you know, what... Why at Chelsea will he overachieve in a way that he hasn't done at any of these other clubs?
1: No, yeah, I think yeah. I think one of the things I think Nagelsmann was always banded about and even months ago. Yeah, but I, think, that, I think Leipzig don't want to let him go. I think like the compensation fee to get Nagelsman was, was so high that they didn't want to pay it. So half you suggest that maybe Tuchel's kind of an interim, even though he's not been told he's an interim, for like a twelve, eighteen month period. And then he will inevitably get the sack and then they'll look at when Nagelsmann's contracting coming up to an end that they'll start heavily putting towards him, depending obviously what he does with RB Leipzig in the next 12, 18 months. But yeah, I I, I mean, I agree. He's not he's not one that you would go, yeah, he's elite and you can see... Or he's not even... Like you say, he's not still young up and coming anymore, is he? Because he's, he's, had, he's had a couple of chances at teams that you think, mm, maybe you should have pushed them a bit further. But I mean, at the minute... He, it seems like to me, Tuka coming in. I would, I would say that he's probably more likely to get Chelsea into the top four than Lampard looked like he was going to get Chelsea into the top four.
0: Well, the, the one thing we spoke about as well was it's just this has just happened the wrong way around. I mean, we we talked about our tet- we were speaking about Arteta and Lampard before eight weeks ago. It was the complete opposite. Chelsea could have gone top of the league, and Arteta was seventeenth five or six games later. Arsenal went on this run. Chelsea have gone on the completely opposite way. I think there's only two points between the two, between the two clubs now. But Arteta's on this. He's found. He's 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 kind of stumbled on Emile Smith Rowe. Saka's playing well. Aubameyang scoring again. The midfield's doing its job. Uh, Ten is playing well. They're not conceding many goals. Whereas Chelsea's completely. They've had, they've just fallen off a cliff. Now, I mean, if Chelsea were 17th after eight games, I don't know whether Lampard would have survived that either. Um, but just a little bit of extra time, and it's just what just what's changed, but the problem is, is because we're in the middle of the season, Chelsea can't afford to let another eight games go. We get to thirty we get to thirty twenty nine games or whatever, and Chelsea's still in the position they're in now where the seventh is still quite way off the um off the Champions League places, and everybody else is still bunched up because you don't know what's going to happen in that in that time. I think the change was like i said it, it, i thought I thought he would get a bit longer, I thought he'd get till the end of February. But I think this season, I mean, Liverpool played about seven or eight games in in Feb. If Chelsea go on the same run and don't win any of them games in February, or they get knocked out of the Champions League, and, and all of a sudden they're eleven, I don't think they can. I don't think they can afford to do that. But I, I don't know. The big thing, is, the other thing we said, we, I don't know what Lampard's style of play is, and we talked about Arteta with this before. Um, I don't know what Chelsea's best team is, um, the, who plays where, who's going to get the best out of them. Um, and then some of them aren't even some of them are even going to play. I mean, he's, I mean, would you even play Jorginho anymore? I mean, he's been playing Koperčić and and Cante midfield. Um, Gilmore looks like a better a, a better player than, than than Jorginho at the minute for the job that he does. I I don't know. I don't know what I. I don't know what I don't know what you suggest. I don't think they've got bad problems. I just think they've just got no. I just think they're lacking confidence.
1: I mean, the one thing I will say, just to bring it back more generally, is the fact there's only been two Premier League sackings at this point. What a step forward for the Premier League! (laughs) Instead of everyone just sacking everyone, at least teams are giving people a chance.
2: Oh, maybe they can't afford to pay them all off. Well, there is that option as well.
1: But it's nice. It's quite nice to have. Not that many managerial changes, isn't it?
2: I think, oh, well, I, I, think... En- I enjoy a sacking, to be honest with you. I mean, this
1: is sac- it gives us something to t- yeah, this is sac- gives us something
2: to talk about. The
1: sacking, and then is one every five days, which was the norm at Christmas <laughs> time at one point. But yeah,
2: well, I Palace like
0: chaos. Did, <laughs> Palace have done it the other way around, haven't they? Palace didn't. I think Palace started off quite well and have kind of dropped off a little bit. I mean. I don't think Newcastle. I, I, again, I think the whole paying people off. Thing, I don't think Newcastle want to play Steve Bruce off. I think as long as he ends up, as long as he's not in the relegation zone, I think Steve Bruce will keep his job. I Think Chris.
2: Complete side
0: note: Do you
2: see Newcastle say sign a coach, um, Graham Gold? Yeah, who'd been at Bournemouth? Yeah, and they paid about a quarter of a million to get him. Well, was he? How, not, how good a coach can he be? I mean, was he can not ask, back at
1: where has this appeared in your like streams of information? I, like, no, where I, is yeah, Newcastle? Didn't, I asked... Because but, Newcastle, how has this made because... the news? Newcastle sign coach from Bournemouth? That, that should be so low
2: <laughs> down in Newcastle. How, guess...
1: how, how have you brought this up? <laughs> no.
2: So, I, well, I'll tell you where I heard it. I um, when Ch- when it was announced that Chelsea had sacked Lampard, I put TalkSport on because I wanted to listen to some what, sort of rolling next, news on it. The next big story was. Jim Jim White said it, and I thought, "Oh, well, he's well
0: connected, isn't he?" I just believed him. Look, he's, he's desperate. He's desperate for a transfer, and he—he
2: for... <laughs> exactly, yeah, he loves it. <laughs> They've done enough with Danny Murphy on uh, on Lampard. Jim White just before he went to the midday news, he threw in the the Graham Jones thing. Uh,
1: uh, on, I think you, you, when you messaged before tonight's. Show saying there's plenty to talk about this week. I didn't think <laughs> <you> Newcastle <and> <laughs> the gonna...
2: corner would be Well the reason the reason I didn't say it is because I thought it was unsaid. I, <laughs> I assumed we were gonna open with that. <laughs> but quarter a quarter of a million. I mean what is he just to put the cones out? Why is they it... surely they could have got somebody else in it, didn't have a buyout cause. Anyway. I don't oh. think he's got I don't think
0: he's got backroom staff, has he? You remember when he went? I don't know who's I don't even know if he's got a, I don't even know if he's got a first team coach. Just got whoever Rafa left behind. Yeah, Rafa's available now, isn't he? He must be worried about that. Well there was talk of him going to Celtic, wasn't there? But I don't think that's gonna happen. Um but yeah, I mean I th- I think it's just because Bruce isn't I mean, I, I still can't believe Newcastle haven't won a game in, well, I can believe Newcastle have won a game in ten 'cause they've, they've been awful, but I I think that's the only reason why it's been mentioned is just because it's, after after Frank having his, his bad run and, and, and obviously Klopp, then it's Newcastle after that. And Newcastle have been in the news and I think any, any changes to the but that's that's the next thing, isn't it? You get what you want at the coach level. I think that happened to Brendan Rodgers. He got new coaches in bef- three months before he was sacked. So there's no change in a few weeks and Graham Jones doesn't make an impression but what impression he's going to make, I've no idea. But I think they've bought him from Luton. I don't think he I think he was at I think he was at, at Bournemouth. But then I think he went back to Luton. I think he'd been at Luton Oh, I don't know, you've been at Luton and Bournemouth. I, don't, I can't remember which
1: I word, mean, but, yeah. I mean we had, we've had we one of the biggest news stories we've had for a while and we're debating the the <laughs> career history of Bournemouth coaches. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember <laughs> what we got talking about here now. Right, anyway, so uh, being, before we get into the cricket, just to quickly say the Super Bowl set, cheeser, let's get your two minutes out of the way that
0: um yeah, so um I mean the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who um they are the first team to play. Uh, they won. Um, they beat Green Bay. So the Tampa Bay were the fifth seed um, in um, the the NFC. So they were the first best runners up, if you want. So of the, uh, the top four divisions, of that team they were the best runners up. We have Tom Brady playing for them, um, who is um, regarded as the greatest um, quarterback in the uh, to have ever played the game. The Brady Gronk
1: partnership. He will lives so on he will
0: So those the, the this Super Bowl is the fifty fifth Super Bowl and he would be playing in his 10th Super Bowl. So he was played in nearly 20% of all Super Bowls that there's ever been, which is absolutely phenomenal for somebody who's been playing for, um, I think he's been playing for about 17, 18 years now, or maybe or just a bit more than that. Um, they were widely expected to um, to go to the New Orleans Saints and lose. Then they didn't. They won. Um, and they were widely expected to go to, um, to Lambeau Field, where they played the Green Bay Packers last night, and also lose. Um, and that didn't happen. He managed to get them over the line. They won 31-26, I think it was. Um, and um, he will, they will go on to Tampa Bay and play um, the Kansas City Chiefs, who beat um, probably the most... Uh, the most um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the most improved team uh, in the NFL, in, in the Buffalo Bills, who had got to the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. Uh, and they got to the AFC final game, but unfortunately, um, they came up against Patrick Mahomes and I think they won 38-21, I think it was, something like that. So, it will be Patrick Mahomes, It was probably the, um, the next go up against Tom Brady. Um, I think
1: just quickly, from that, uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs game, didn't Tyreek Hill score a touchdown uh, by doing a backflip, but then the referees flagged it and he got knocked off?
0: I'm not. I'm not sure because I didn't see the highlights of that. Cause I didn't watch it this morning when I saw the score. But I did see I've, the the game that I'd seen some of the uh, the Green Bay game uh, because there was the decision quite at the at the end where uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's been towered as being the best quarterback in 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 the in the league this year, um, made a decision I think to to throw the ball on, on third down instead of, of running the ball, where he could have potentially got um, a touchdown and won the game um, in the last couple of minutes. So Tampa Bay have have, have ground the way through um, through these. Um, through these playoff games uh, they're going to Super Bowl they are the so they don't have like um, one stadium where they play the Super Bowl so each team gets it or, or gets the chance to play the Super Bowl um, or the, uh, throughout the course of, of history uh, and Tampa Bay are the first side to play the Super Bowl at their own home in, in all of these 55 um, occasions I think some some teams have got to the uh, like their championship final but the game before the Super Bowl had the chance to play a home uh, Super Bowl. Tampa Bay are the first team in fifty-five Super Bowls to play with home advantage. So, I mean, there's not going to be a huge amount of fans in there. I think there's twenty thousand fans will be in there, um, obviously because of COVID. Um, but no teams ever won a home Super Bowl, so it feels like the last thing that Tom it's, Brady has to do, isn't it? 20, before he retires,
1: twenty thousand frontline healthcare
0: workers that have got the yeah, the, I, yeah. I think that anybody, I think it's healthcare workers that have had the vaccine and tested negative. I think it is. Anybody that goes has got to have tested negative anyway. It's not just a a throw open for uh, for fans. But yeah, he's um, he's he's taken apart uh, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in, in the last week, um, and Tom Brady moves on to uh, to face Patrick Mahomes. So um, Kansas City had a, had a real wobble a week ago when they played the Cleveland Browns and they nearly got knocked out um, when Mahomes had to go off because he was uh, concussed, but he he came back to the game and they kind of brushed the the Buffalo Bills aside, and it will be. Uh, I mean, I'm off for this year. I'm still the still on furlough. I would think I might even stay up for it this year. It might be the only year I might actually get to do it. So.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking
0: that
1: even if I'm in, I'll be in limited that limited time. So I
2: might actually get to stay up and see what's going on. I I don't really follow the NFL for you know for the obvious reason that Graham Jones isn't a coach and it, certainly it <laughs> doesn't really bother me. But <laughs> My understanding is that Tampa Bay, which are owned by the, the Glazers that also are Manchester United, after they won or qualified or did whatever they've done, that Joel Glazer did an interview, which he hasn't done in his entire time as as owner of Manchester United. So, what are you saying? As soon as Solskjaer
1: wins something, then we'll get an interview from Joel
2: well, Man, Man United have won the Champions League under the Glazers. Wouldn't won the Premier League a few times. The, the Glazers have never said anything publicly, but um, but they, they did. He did do an interview um, with Tampa Bay with him.
0: I mean, I instantly like Tampa Bay less now, especially since they knocked the Saints out. Um... <laughs> But I, I think I, I, the, I mean the the complete contrasting styles of this weekend were obviously United won in the FA Cup and and Tampa Bay going to the Super Bowl. I mean, what a weekend for what a weekend for the Glazers! And, and considering that uh, FSG got knocked out the FA Cup and I, and I read somewhere the other day, I don't know how true this is, but the, the Boston Red Sox are bottom of their division. Their division is supposed to be absolutely horrific. There's no good teams in their division whatsoever, and their season is they've won forty six and lost one hundred and thirteen games. I think this year in the baseball, so very much uh, advantage Glazers in the American ownership at the minute well there we go Simon take yeah. us to Sri Lanka
1: how, how,
2: oh, how if only we could
1: how long would the test matches have lasted if it weren't for Joe Root
2: well Joe Root has has, uh, has played very well in both test matches for England and pretty much won in both for us uh, England won today, 2-0 in Sri Lanka, very impressive, uh, slightly bizarre test match. It can happen in, in Sri Lanka in a- Asia. It's sort of, in it, a lot of the Asian countries, um, it's about getting big first innings runs. So it was kind of 400 place, 400 in the first innings. England innings held together by Joe Root getting a, getting a big 100 yet again. Our best batsman by a country mile really returns form. Really, you know, it's a big year for England in Test Match Cricket. Uh, they go to India next. They're playing India at home in the summer. We go to Australia next winter. And our best batsman is Joe and He's had a, a bit of a lean period by his own very high standards. He's had a bit of a lean period. But uh, he seems to be back to his best. So it's a, it's a good sign. Um, and then today... The third and fourth innings, all chaos ensued. Jack Leach and Don Bess, uh, England's two spinners, basically bowled out Sri Lanka uh, for a very low total. We were left with about 160 to get. We lost some early wickets. Joe Root got out himself, but Don Sibley, who's the sort of defensive opener, and, and Joss Butler, who's the a, a swashbuckling middle-order wicketkeeper batsman, he is saw us over the line, and uh, yeah, a 2 0 win. In Sri Lanka, very impressive.
1: Heartbreak for um, Root not to make the double double century.
2: Yeah, I mean that would have been an incredible achievement. Like, so sort of, very few people in the history of cricket have done it. Well,
1: there's only one other uh, Englishman to ever have done it, isn't there?
2: Yeah, uh, whose name? Uh, maybe Wally Hammond. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I sure. I can't it. remember who, who this. But... If so, uh, it. As we speak now, this morning's match seems so long ago. The other thing is,
1: although this only been one Englishman to ever do it again, Wally Hammond, if that's his name, which we think it is, he's done it twice.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fair play to the lad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope it isn't, because whoever it is, you're right, whoever it is has done it twice. Yeah. And it'd be terrible if we're giving credit <laughs> to the wrong person. Now. Uh,
1: let me Google it, because I have my laptop. <laughs> <in the picture. laughs> England
2: cricketer. <laughs> But, um, yeah, although on the sly, that's that's like 800 m- runs in two matches. Oh, And you think, that, whoever it was... It's only you could have done that when you were playing, Simon. That would have bumped your average ride. Exactly. <laughs> well, it, it, in my head, 800 runs, that's good for a career, that. <laughs> that's, to be doing that in two matches, I mean, surely he was just feet up for the rest of his time. My, uh you, you, I mean? You guarantee, you don't have to score any runs for the next 10 matches. You're still averaging about 100, aren't you?
1: Well, it, my favourite when I was watching the uh, the day when Root was getting close to getting his like second double century, uh, my favourite was this. But the commentators on Sky said about oh, he's um we're just in this one innings alone. Root's passed Peterson, so and so, and Alex Stewart in the all time runs list. And then uh, they said, so how far is he off the um, the next the next guy up? And they went, oh, another hundred and eighty runs. They went. So it's unlikely that he's going to pass them. Then, then I was like, "Yeah, that is that, that is that,
2: that is image, yeah. yeah. That is
1: that is, that is <laughs> cricket commentary down to a it?
2: <laughs> but yeah, but England go to uh, go to India next, which I think will be a much a much tougher test with uh, with Kohli back in the team. So we'll we'll see how it goes. That's quite soon, though, isn't it? Because they play is it now they've
0: announced today that New Zealand are coming over in the summer so it's 17 tests they're going to play this year
2: That's oh it's crazy yeah yeah it's a lot of cricket and, and there's a T20 World Cup this year yeah so it's uh, it's, it's one of the things where I think a lot of cricket from last year got so this this series in Sri Lanka should have happened this time last year and um, yeah so a lot of cricket from last year has kind of just been postponed 12 months all the cricket that was scheduled for this year hasn't changed or that hasn't been postponed anyway so it's kind of like Double the years amount of cricket is is going to happen. I mean, I'm you know a lot a lot of people this year have had to make big sacrifices. I'm I'm not particularly sympathetic to cricketers having to play a lot, but it is going to be hard for them. Yeah, I just I have there... googled it. It is Wally Hammond. Oh, thank God for that. I... And well, as a side side note um, on the thing about the Mams, so England are doing a lot of squad rotations, trying to try and keep people fresh. So Johnny Bairstow has been one of our better batsmen. Is actually not going to India, and Josh Butler, who's played very well in both these tests in Sri Lanka, is he's only going to play the first Test match in India and then go home. So it's a, it's going to be a bit of a weird squad situation for uh, sort of a selection situation for England, where you know if we do end up losing some matches, I think there may well be questions asked about. People are always pro uh, sort of rotation when you're winning, but. Once you're losing, people, I think people may well start asking questions of.
1: But then, why just? Realistically, are you expecting England to go to India and win?
2: Oh no! I, 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 India are probably the best team in the world at the moment. Even in, even when the teams are evenly matched, you know, going to India and winning is is tough. But, I you know, it, is, it does seem a little bit... Str- uh, the Johnny Bear still won. You, given he's only just got back into the England test team and he is one of our best players to spin, it does seem a slightly bizarre decision to send him back. And what will happen with Josh Butler is he will play the first test and then be rested. Uh, but he will then play a full IPL season, I suspect, and... Um, so people will ask a question whether or not he could have just carried on playing for England and maybe taking a rest during the IPL, but well, he, he, that, is, that is for others okay. to decide on
1: his personal. Well, a lot on it... his personal note, he wouldn't have made half a million pound, would it? No, <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> well, yeah,
0: it's some of it to do with the bubbles as well, though. Do
2: you think? Well, yeah, and, it, and you know it must be hard um, little... building these bubbles, but yeah. Can I just so say? We're
1: about... I've just got Wally the actual runs that he scored up. So in the second time he made. A double century back to back. In his in the first time he got two hundred and twenty seven, and then in the next time, yeah, he got three hundred and thirty six not out.
2: Man, oh, so, so, so in those two matches, he's pushing towards a thousand runs in those two matches.
1: Well, he's got in those two matches alone. Yeah, he's got five hundred and five hundred sixty three runs. No, that's from one match, isn't it? You said. No, he got. No, I don't, think, no, I don't no. think he got. I don't think he got
2: 200 in the first innings. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's starting to make sense now, yeah. Yeah. So, how many runs how many did he score overall?
1: 563.
2: No, I, I mean in his career. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, For Fri- England.
1: This, it doesn't say this. I'll have
2: to Google again. Oh, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you had his Wikipedia page up. Look, no, I thought be... It was on cri- uh, career. Crick Info is a great website. Oh, that's what it yeah. was on Crick Info. No, yeah, no well, it was on it, Crick it's... Tracker. Oh, 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 I'm not aware of Crick Tracker. I I I defer to you on that. Well, that was only what Bing yeah. throw up. Just going back to the just going
0: back to the bubbles thing, I think they mentioned it because um was it Steve Smith who had been he take, taken part in four different tournaments and he was in um, he was in four different bubbles and he, he didn't see his family for 150 days.
1: Hey, uh, Wally Hammond took. Eight, I mean, I've got eight, 83 Test wickets for England as well. <laughs> Incredible. Well, him. hey, I,
2: and he had into He had a football career. At Bristol Rovers. Hey, I mean, if he if he took those wickets bowling fast and spin, then he, he may well be Cheesy's new hero. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he's, he's incredible. I mean, there's a section on his loss of test form. I mean, if that's after his back-to-back double centuries, I think that's a bit harsh.
2: <laughs> what? So he, got, he only got one century in the next match? <laughs>
1: yeah. It does not actually say his career.
0: That must have been it, those two games. That was it.
1: Yeah oh, seven thousand two hundred
2: and forty nine test test uh, runs he got. No, but yeah, but he got five hundred of them in one test. Yeah. he's yeah. in, in two tests? He, he had a he
1: had an average so, he had an average of fifty
0: eight point four five. Good average. How many tests did he play? I
1: matches. Mean, well, fair play to the lad. Yeah. And he got two Fifers. Not bad, is
2: it? No.
1: Well done, Wally Hammond.
2: But yeah, I but, mean, he but, bit- but was he there for for Chiswick's, Chiswick's friendly team of the day? I I scored fifty. No, I had to, I had to do the work those days, didn't I? I'm not sure you did the work. To be honest, I'm sure
1: you're you're you loose <laughs> shots and the balls, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're I mean we're the we're bowl there. in that day, Ross. It was good. I, I I don't want to tell you completely tell you the whole story again. I mean, but the bowl in that day.
1: <laughs> I mean, if there's ever a slow slow news week again, we can always get you <laughs> to go through it again.
0: I mean, I, I'm just waiting for Simon's Wikipedia page. that says Simon's loss of form, <laughs> not just <laughs> just, not just form in general.
2: Like,
1: he's never uh, he's never had the form to lose. That's the problem.
2: Uh, There'll, there'll be a paragraph on the two days when I had form. I think <laughs> no, <And>, uh... <laughs> a whole paragraph. That's a bit more No, uh, well, self-edit, will well. but I? Um, gosh, oh, I mean, I, I dream of being in form. What—that—that's well, that, my lifelong ambition. To one day know what it feels like to be in form in any sport. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Is there anything else? Have we missed anything?
0: No, I think that's it. We've got a lot we've got another big week coming up. Obviously there's two games of there's two rounds of um of Premier League action before we before we're on again next week. There's games on I think they're all on BT, aren't they? There's games on four games tomorrow. Yeah, midweek uh, games, games on, all on B T. Game on on um on Thursday and then Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday again, I think. I
1: can't wait. I've got nothing to get up for.
0: And then the cricket's not until Feb, isn't it? I, thought, I think the first is the first test on the fifth.
2: Oh, I'm not sure. I think I, yeah, they must have it's to good. isolate for a bit once they actually get to India. I, I don't quite know how it works, to be honest with you. But yeah, I w- I'll whatever you said I I, I will agree I'm, with.
0: I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the, the fifth.
2: I mean, right, the fellas,
1: is, it's been a pleasure. I mean the other thing oh. is, just with the cricket, there's been no Archer, no Stokes been quite a few England players missing hasn't they as well
2: yeah no it's impressive yeah Ollie Pope
1: yeah Yeah. no broad so it is a it is a fair old achievement really but yeah anyway right until been a pleasure until next week see you later bye bye
0: goodbye Thanks for listening to the three thirds Mank One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank three. That's at M A N C T H R D E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.